Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. We have an update to some interesting news we shared a few weeks ago, but we also have some other exciting news on the horizon. So, Sean, can you give us a little roundup of what we'll talk about today? Sure. Today, we'll discuss a funding round for a drug delivery startup, a development milestone for Rewalk Robotics, FDA clearance for a new critical care algorithm from GE Healthcare, a major personnel announcement at OrthoFix, and more developments in the cyber attack situation at Henry Schein. What's the first thing we need to know for today? One Haler raised $2.5 million for its sustainable single-use inhaler. It's a startup looking to make a big splash in the drug delivery space. So what is a single-use inhaler, and how does this one work? So this single-use inhaler delivers dry powder drugs in a sustainable, low-cost manner. It uses cardboard to create an inhaler with the same dimensions as a credit card, a discrete platform with a breathable membrane that can be tailored to deliver individual drugs to patients. So multiple different drugs at different times, dry powder formulations and inhalation formulations. It's quite a versatile product, potentially. It sounds like it in the size of a credit card must make it easier for people to travel with it and not forget their inhalers at home. How does the company plan to expand into the market to address, you know, those patients who could benefit from it? So one hailer plans to use the investment to work with companies around the world to bring both new and existing drugs to patients in a more effective, efficient and affordable way with hopes of opening up what it says could be the next generation of inhaled products. So what are executives saying about the future of the company? Lisa McMinn, the OneHaler founder and CEO, said the inhaler has the potential to become the simplest, most convenient, single-dose disposable inhaler on the market, revolutionizing the delivery of critical drugs without the cost and environmental impact of existing devices. She also said the funding is invaluable for the next steps in the company's development. Now let's talk exoskeletons. Yeah, Rewalk Robotics demonstrated proof of concept with its next-generation AI-powered exoskeleton. The company's current technology already offers life-changing outcomes for people with lower limb disabilities, and it looks like it's improving on that already. So we've been talking about artificial intelligence a lot in the news for the last couple of months. Why is this an important milestone for Rewalk Robotics? Well, it's important because the company has now integrated advanced sensing technologies and AI to enable autonomous decision-making in the new exoskeleton prototype. The exoskeleton can detect and react to changes in terrain, which the company says could lead to a potentially new generation of smart exoskeletons. If I recall correctly, this seems like another win for the company. Following a recent CMS ruling, can you remind us a little bit about what that ruling said and why that benefited Rewalk? Sure. So starting on January 1st, in just over a month, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services will cover exoskeletons in the Medicare Brace Benefit category. So in this new ruling, CMS says the exoskeleton changes can expedite coverage and payment for the newer technology and powered devices, particularly helping those with disabilities associated with muscular and or neural conditions. And that coverage pathway is now reimbursed by Medicare on a lump sum basis. So it was a major win for Rewalk and other companies like Myomo who make such braces or things categorized as braces now. And uh, yeah, so another big win for Rewalk. And what's this news that we have from GE Healthcare? 
The FDA cleared on-device triage algorithms for critical care from GE Healthcare, so a potentially groundbreaking technology that aids in critical care across the board. What do the algorithms allow the company's critical care suite to do? The clearance allows the company's critical care suite 2.1 to utilize a pneumothorax or PTX algorithm. So this algorithm allows the suite to detect, notify, and triage the diagnosis of PTX, broadening the suite's on-device triage capabilities and improving the speed and accuracy of PTX diagnosis. What is some of the data that backs up the algorithms in like localization? So according to the company, the algorithm partially localizes 100% of all detected large PTXs and 96% of all detected small PTXs. It also limits false alerts with 94% specificity. And clinical studies also showed a 57% reduction in reporting times for clinical actionable PTXs and a 17.7% increase in clinical detection of small PTXs. How do executives at the company envision this helping clinicians and their workflows? Jyoti Gupta, the president and CEO of Women's Health and X-Ray for GE Healthcare, said that the adoption of the digital solutions helps to unlock efficiencies across the entire clinical workflow, empowering radiologists and their teams in making critical decisions with confidence in time-sensitive situations. So the company is excited by the paradigm shift that this kind of innovation can bring in delivery of timely and efficient patient care to enable enhanced clinical outcomes. And now we have some executive changes in the industry. Yeah, OrthoFix has a new CEO. So this major appointment comes more than two months after the company terminated its CEO and other executives. And we'll touch on that little note in a second. But who is taking over the corner office and what is some of their career history that supports this appointment? Massimo Calafiore is taking over as CEO for Orthofix, and his appointment goes into effect once Inovis completes its acquisition of Lima Corporate. His most recent role was CEO of Lima Corporate, obviously leading up to that $800 million plus acquisition. Before that, he was chief commercial officer at Nuvasive, so it's a pretty extensive career in orthopedics that he's bringing to a new orthopedic company, new to him, I should say. And so you briefly touched on this. This comes shortly after an interesting upheaval that we previously covered on the podcast. So could you kind of give us a little rundown of what happened there? Yeah, obviously, we covered it in depth before and more details are in the story. But in September, OrthoFix terminated CEO Keith Valentine, CFO John Bostinich, and Chief Legal Officer Patrick Kieran following an investigation that determined that each of the executives engaged in repeated inappropriate and offensive conduct, violating multiple code of conduct requirements, and that conduct was inconsistent with the company's values and culture. So that happened more than two months ago, and uh, I believe you actually covered this story, Danielle. Valentine has already landed on the board of another orthopedic company in Alpha Tech. Uh, not sure about the other two, but definitely uh, sent shockwaves through the industry. Analysts were downgrading orthofix as a result, and there were a lot of questions about the future, but seems to be in, in good hands with Calafiori now. And so when that shakeup happened, the company appointed Kathy Berzik as its interim CEO. But now that orthofix has a more permanent CEO, what role will Berzik play in the company, if any role at all? Yeah, well, you, you can definitely credit Berzik for, for taking the company through what has been most likely a turbulent time. 
She's a longtime medical device executive and a well-known name in the space. And she was Orthofix's board chair and obviously, as you said, stepped in as interim CEO. But she shared that she won't be seeking re-election to her post as board chair at Orthofix's 2024 annual meeting. So yeah, despite the past couple months of her helping the company through this time and you know, the, the leadership she's given over the past few years as board chair, she won't be carrying on for much longer. And now our last story is an update to the cybersecurity issue we talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah, Henry Schein has reported more disruption as cyber attackers took credit for the latest snafu, I suppose. The company continues to struggle with this quite unprecedented cyber attack. What happened during this most recent cyber attack on the company? Henry Schein said that its e-commerce platform and other applications were unavailable and that it was a result of the threat actor from the previously disclosed cyber incident that cyber attackers claimed responsibility. And as of yesterday, November 27th, the company did say that its e-commerce platform is back online in the U.S. and was expected to be restored in Canada and Europe shortly. And so since the company's e-commerce was affected, was it completely shut off from taking orders? Actually, Henry Schein said that it continued to take orders via alternate methods, previously communicated to customers, and it continued shipping products. So seemingly, while this was another disruption, and you know, perhaps concerning due to the nature of what's already gone on with the cyber attack, the company was still able to conduct business despite the outages. And when we first covered this story in October, we reported that the cyber gang stole some 35 terabytes of sensitive data. And the cyber attackers said they caused $150 million in losses and threatened to release internal payroll data and more. Has Henry Schein reported any losses in revenue due to these cyber attacks? The company is expecting a, a negative impact on its revenue for the full year. So it expects full year sales to be about 1% to 3% lower than the previous year, instead of the previously forecasted sales growth increase of 1% to 3%. And the company did say that that change is primarily due to the cybersecurity in- incident. So it is definitely having ramifications on the company's sales. All right. Well, that was the last story that we have for today. Thank you for bringing all of your insights today, Sean. My pleasure. As always, read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H. Where can they find you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us tomorrow for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Thank you.